With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's 7.06 here at 55KR CD Talk Station. And a very happy Friday to you. And notwithstanding the subject matter of our next conversation, I am so pleased to have here on the 55KR CD Morning Show from Ohioans for Child Protection, Rebecca Serendorf. Doing a little follow-up work, uh, State of Ohio. What have they been doing uh, in the four years since the priest at St. Ignatius was arrested? But um, in terms of the broader issue of uh, abuse of children by priests and other members, and this is not a criticism of the Catholic Church. It is a criticism of individuals within it who either committed these horrific acts against children or alternatively those members of the hierarchy who covered it up. Welcome to the program, Rebecca Serendorf. It is a real pleasure to have you on from the Ohioans for Child Protection. Hi, Brian. Thank you so much for having us back on. Oh, just And I'm so glad that you brought up that this is not about Catholics themselves. No. In part, one of the reasons why I do this is I know and love so many great Catholic families and children. So do I. You cannot just turn a blind eye to this. No, I, I'm with you all day long. Listen, I, I grew up in Delhi. If you don't know anything about Delhi, I I was the only non-Catholic, I think, on our entire street. You know, I, I grew up with Catholics. I have attended Catholic Mass with my friends before. Um, I almost, growing up, felt more Catholic than, than my own religion at the time. So I get it. And I know all these people to be good people, but the thing that has always bothered me about this, maybe we can start here, because I know you have more details to talk about, specifically Rebecca, but... What troubled me always, anytime you had an investigation into the Catholic Church, and I know, at least I've read, that here in Cincinnati, um, the Archdiocese of Cincinnati made national news when it became the first Catholic institution to be convicted of failing to report sexually abusive priests back in the 70s and 80s. They knew all about the abuse, hierarchy members. They, rather than, than... excommunicate them or report them to the authorities, they would move them around or put them in other positions and hid the problem and didn't address the concerns of the abused, the victims who end up struggling with dealing with this their entire lives. It's almost like, where was the RICO charge? This is almost like an organized criminal activity in the cover-up of this abuse. We were surprised to see such elements ourselves. Um, Like, if you look up in Cleveland, Bishop Quinn actually ran a Midwest Canon Lawyers Association training about how to handle your, your diocese pedophile and what to do with the files. Um, I think someone from Anderson Associates had recorded it, and the transcript is on Bishop Accountability, um, but it's like 30 pages long, so we won't review that. But there was definitely um, some organized elements of it here in our state. Uh, but my children, My first one was born in 2004, after the plea deal here in Hamilton County. And so you would think that my children had been born into a reformed church and a safer environment because we started training our lay people. And that's one thing we do see in court documents is that while Jeff Drew had complaints predating 2004, after we look at lay people training beginning, boy, were they reporting. See, teachers were reporting, students were reporting at St. Rita's school. 
we had even worried grandparents reporting. We had worried staff reporting. The archdiocese knew that there was countless red flags, but continued to give them access and authority. And so Ohioans for Child Protection began to look around and we noticed, first of all, other states are doing attorney general reports. They're not letting this remain on a local level that you're just looking at the individual case, but zooming out on how did this keep on happening in their community, decade after decade, regardless of what diocese you look at, right? Yes. And so we looked at the 2018 Pennsylvania report. We looked at the 2023 Illinois report that just came out this spring. We looked at the Baltimore report that also just came out this spring. I think it was in May. And we found 49 clerics with Ohio ties and other state reports. Two of those states aren't even direct neighbors of ours. They're two states over, right? Mm -hmm. And this is the work of other attorney generals. So the credibility is there. And there is more transparency for me to read about what happened in Baltimore, in Chicago, and in Pennsylvania, than what happened to my kid's school in 2018 and 2019. And then we also took a look at recent convictions from the last time um, survivors groups like SNAP asked for an investigation back in 2018, right on the heels of Pennsylvania report. And one didn't happen at the time, but we found five more convictions, all for sexual assault. There was two recent trafficking convictions. There was the Father Zacharias case, that was a federal sex trafficking case up in the Toledo area. And he'd actually been trafficking for 20 years is what was found in that case. He was convicted of five counts of trafficking. I believe three of them were for trafficking children. Oh my word. And he was using the parish credit card in the commissioning of that crime, according to what we heard from another victim that was attending the trial in solidarity with the, with the father Zacharias victims. And we do know our AG can investigate charitable organizations, but also we keep on hearing that there are these stumbling blocks to getting this done. But we have the benefit here in Ohio that we actually have our county prosecutor powers yes. and our AG Yost and our governor DeWine and our Senate president, Senator Huffman and our House Speaker Stevens are all the same party. And I'm confident that we can find a way to shine a light on this. It, because if there can be a pedophile that was literally raping my classmates when I was a child at St. Jude, running my children's school at the end of 2019, we have a lot of problems in Ohio. Well, what is the impediment here in Ohio? Um, I, I guess I'm reading an article from Fox 19. Attorney General Yost says Ohio law does it prohibits him from pursuing things along the lines of what you're talking about. And he suggested that maybe we need a change in the law. What What is the impediment, Rebecca? You know, I've been pointed to sections of the Ohio Revised Code that the governor can ask their attorney general to investigate something that the General Assembly can ask their AG to investigate and that also our AG can investigate charitable organizations. Um, surely there must be a way of achieving this because we are not talking about a problem of the past. This is a current child safety issue. When you look at the Father McWilliams case, this was not a case of delayed disclosure. 
the parents stumbled upon it themselves because Father McWilliams, he was actually masquerading as a girl online and got, you know, exploited pictures out of this boy. Right. Once one was sent, he was being basically sextorted. And Father McWilliams was continuing this even while he was sitting in the family's home watching a football game with them. The boy is sitting, when you read the papers, he's sitting in the family's kitchen. He's doing his homework. He's getting messages from Father McWilliams instructing him to go into the bathroom and do things. Oh, jeez. The boy has no idea that it is his priest. And finally, the boy says no. Father McWilliams threatens that something will happen. And then his other persona of angry father of teenage girl then contacts the parent and sends a bunch of you know, suggestive and inappropriate pictures to the parents of, look what your awful son is sending to my daughter. Oh, my word. And then he watches it blow up in the family's home, and he's there to offer confession. Oh, my word. And it's only after the parents are talking to their son that they realize that something isn't adding up. It sounds like someone was manipulating their son. Right. That this wasn't really a girlfriend. And they went to law enforcement and they found that the priest's phone had picked up the family's Wi-Fi. And that's when they got into the phone and that's where they found the trafficking charges. There were two minors trafficked off of a dating app. (sighs) And then he had been exploiting other children. And... We have not seen all the case files for this, but it is our understanding that in the civil suit that was brought, that they were pointing to behaviors of his in the seminary that were red flag indicators that he had a problem with minors, but he was still ordained. And this is on the other side of our church reforms. So within the church itself, they had red flags that this guy was a real pervert, and yet they let him move through the ranks and ultimately have the level of control over the children that he obviously had. Oh, well, let's pause for a moment. We'll bring him back because we're clearly not done with this topic, and I'm interested in knowing specifically what Ohio... KRC, the talk station. 720 here, 55 KRC, the talk station. Coming up at 721, Brian Thomas with Rebecca Serendorf. She's with Ohioans for Child Protection. Uh, we're dealing with this long-standing problem within the Catholic Church. Again, this is not a criticism of Catholicism, but it's just an acknowledgement. There's been a very, very, very long history of abusing children within the Catholic Church, and a lot of documented cover-up by that from the those responsible within the Catholic Church for dealing with these matters. You know, locally, I remember that the the the, 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 the Daniel Pilarczyk, Archbishop, then. They uh they were found responsible for covering this up. They had a, the judge at the time imposed the maximum penalty possible on the Catholic uh, churches of ten thousand dollars. I mean that doesn't even seem to be right considering all the circumstances. And then you look at the case of Father Drew, uh, who only got seven years in prison. Uh, he was facing up to ninety nine years in prison for uh well nine counts of raping a ten year old altar boy. Rebecca, I know the apparently the the victim in that particular case agreed to the plea deal, but seven years for uh, that kind of horrific behavior, I'm sorry, that doesn't seem quite enough. And that's only scratching the surface of the problems within the Cincinnati Archdiocese. Well, in the Father Jeff Drew case, we should never forget that there was another victim that was around nine or ten years old at the time of his abuse at St. Jude. 
And it really is a story about how Ohio's laws are so arbitrary and that we have um, a situation that two boys can be abused in the same school building around the same period of time. But because the one was just like a year or two older, his statute of limitations ran out. And all across the country, we can see that basically 44 other states have eliminated the statute of limitations because there's lots of research that shows that your child, when they're sexually assaulted, is very unlikely to run home and tell a parent or a grandparent. Right. right? We believe as parents that that is what's going to happen because we talk to our children. We tell them that they, they should let us know things, right? But the trauma of the actual assault, plus many times these children are threatened. And it is actually not until after the abuser is removed from their life that they even begin to act out in some cases. And, and then the family can be thrown into crisis because they have a child that's acting out and they don't know what happened to their child that used to be so different. And it will be many years, average age of 52, before someone comes forward. Oh my. But a fixated offender averages 150 victims in their lifetime. Oh. And they keep offending into their geriatric years. So understanding as a community what grooming looks like, which is the period of manipulation and normalizing unwanted sexual conduct and content with a child, which is well outside the norms of normal adult behavior. Well, with I, minor. I, I don't know. That it's seems very to be part of the. To identify. That seems to be part of the uh, the curriculum that the uh, teachers unions are pushing down our throats in public schools. I have to interject that, but moving away from that, what 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 if you had your way? If you could wave a wand right now, Rebecca, and Ohioans for Child Protection could get their way here in the state of Ohio, what are you asking mm-hmm. for, and what can we as listeners do to help you achieve that goal? Well, if I could wave a wand, first within the Catholic community, I would like to see an attorney general report because I feel like we can't move forward unless we clean out the mess under the bed. I'm a mom, so I think in those terms, right? Right. If you do not clean out your mess and come to terms with with what has historically been done, validate the experience of the victims and have accountability that we do not have individuals that made not one bad choice, but many bad choices over decades and put our children at risk. They shouldn't be running our school systems, right? Next, I would look statewide. We should look like the rest of the country. We should pass a child victim act very similar to Louisiana or Arkansas that would eliminate our criminal statute of limitations that would push out our civil statute of limitations. I used to think that suing in court was air quote, all about the money, but really it's all about discovery because that is where you're guaranteed some transparency when you have an institution that was enabling an abuser. Yeah. And you can just look all over our state and see that this isn't a uniquely Catholic problem. There are other religions, sports organizations and the like that will have abusers within it. It is within our Catholic church. <laughs> Unfortunately, when there's things that decade after decade, it's like Groundhog Day for us Catholics. But um, we do see it pop up elsewhere. Look at the Strauss case at OSU, right? And we would like that victims both have the ability to hold accountable those that enabled the abuse and covered it up. But also the public has the benefit of the discovery that we actually know what yeah. occurred. And, and we that's... would like to see man, mandated reporting also to reflect um, 
more the realities on the ground, right? Yeah. That there's well, large carve outs <laughs> that are I, beyond the confessional. <laughs> yes. Well, and you know, I just I think of the, the the whole concept of Christianity. You know, um, within the doctrine and dogma of the Catholic Church, seems to me would embrace the idea of exposing these perverts, these abusers, these ruiners of lives, these committers of the most heinous criminal activity out there. They would want to rid themselves of that, and they would do anything within their power to to, to out them and kick them out, or otherwise turn them into authorities because they have information to believe a crime has been committed or know that a crime has been committed. The whole idea that that is not done, in fact, the polar opposite is done, as you alluded to earlier with the legal team, I'm just, I'm appalled by that. I, I don't understand it. I really, truly don't. I struggle with it too. The hardest paper for me to ever see was October, 2018. It was a letter from the archdiocese to the Butler County prosecutor's office, copied to multiple archdiocesan employees, um, indicating that Jeff Drew was under criminal investigation and who his attorney was in the matter. And I was like, my God, school was in. It was the largest Catholic school in Ohio. They knew this was his third criminal investigation and they put him on self-monitoring. And that's what we need to stop. And unless we take a hard look at our laws, dig into our past and come to terms with it, hasn't Ohio just been operating then as a sanctuary state for predators, traffickers, and the people that enable them? Certainly sounds that way. And of course, this problem exists and transcends the Catholic Church. Boy Scouts have been having problems with this and have been faced allegations. You have regular public schools with teachers who have abused children, groomed them, and otherwise molested or harmed them psychologically. Um, so this is a pervasive problem in society, and I'm, I'm glad Ohioans for Child Protection is on this. Rebecca, you know you always have a spot here to, to spread more information about it. I'll recommend my listeners uh, follow you on Facebook. It's Ohioans for Child Protection. If you just type that in, it'll pop up on your search engine. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.